0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are so glad, so glad to be in the building again, so glad to see you all once again. You know, we had the meeting last Sunday, and one of the things we told you, you may or may not remember, but never, ever underestimate the ministry of presence when we don't see you it's it's like a part of us is missing it's it's like a part of us is missing um i don't know you know some people you know women may like their nails a certain length i know once my nails get you know like a like this morning i had to cut my nails i have to cut my nails i don't like long nails but you know there's a certain part of us that you You have to have with you and once I get attached to people and I want them around and every one of you all you know and my sister back there you know I don't know you but I know you just from a few moments just taking your groceries to somebody's car you know and helping you and and you connecting with us so we we value your presence because you're a part of the kingdom you are part of a kingdom. And and I'ma just say this on a, on a side note, there's a song that says, you know, you know, um, I can't uh thinking about the sights and all those beautiful things about heaven, but heaven won't be the same unless you're there. Heaven will not be the same unless you're there. So anyway, uh without any further ado, we're we want to remind everyone that if you have a prayer request, a prayer need, don't forget to go text OA Connect, OA Connect to 55498. Five, that doesn't mean that, you know, you're a part of a, a particular section or um, joining a ministry or whatever. It's just saying, hey, look, I have a prayer need. It may be for yourself, a family member, a co-worker, or anyone else. Uh, did we ever get back on? Yes, no? Okay, so we're not live streaming today. Uh, huh? YouTube, okay. So anyway, you folks are on YouTube, uh, o A Connect to five five four nine eight, and we are thankful for you today. Um, but we're we're just so glad. We're going to um, we're going to be talking about living a spirit led life. And before we go any further, um, let's go before the throne of grace, Heavenly Father. Your word declares um, that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as we see the final final days approaching. And we know, Lord, that we need one another. I know that I need fellowship, even though sometimes I like being by myself. I know that I need the company of my brothers and my sisters. I know that I, there's strength in numbers. So I thank you for today, Lord. But Lord, more than that, when I don't see others and I don't talk to others, I know that the Spirit of God is present here in this place. And Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Father, when we are gathered together in your name, it's not like a football game. It's not like a a bake sale or a bazaar or uh, some type of other major event. Lord, people's lives are changed. When we come together in your presence, When we come together for the sake of hearing the gospel, it changes things. It changes our attitude. When we come together, Lord, and allow ourselves to see your presence and and, or to feel your presence, Lord, things change and it changes how we see you. And when we change how we see you, it changes how we see our situations. We magnify you, Lord, and it it minimizes some of the things that we think are so big. It doesn't change them, but it changes our perspective. So Lord, we want to change, but we want to allow the word to come in. And Lord, as James says, that we want to be hearers or doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving ourselves. So Lord, we ask that let your word come into us. Break up that fallow ground. Let us renew our minds. Stop going off of what we've heard other people say. And let the word be fresh in us. Not taking for granted what other people said. Not even taking for granted what I'm about to speak today. I'm a vessel, Lord, but some vessels, even myself, have cracks and blemishes in them. Let them go back and and listen to this word, and let them go back and study these words, Lord, and know for themselves, study to show themselves approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Lord, these things I speak, Lord, and let me be used by you, even as they go out, that they will be used by you, Lord, as well, for you are not a respecter of persons. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be talking about living a Spirit-led life. I'm going to be coming, my, my text is coming from Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And we encourage everyone, always to bring your Bible or uh, and pencil and paper. But if you don't, you pull your phone out. Take a picture of the screen. That's always the best way. Pull your phone out, take a picture of the screen, and you have it on your phone so you can say, well, I didn't write that down, but you have a picture of it. But Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and I prefer using the New King James Version, but if you have another version that you like to use, then by all means, use that. But this is Jesus, Jesus speaking, and he says to his disciples, he says, then I said to them, if anyone does, then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him or her deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow after me. Not every Sunday, not Wednesdays and Sundays, not Saturdays, Mondays, and Sundays, not whatever day you feel like it, but daily, daily follow after me. This is a daily thing. I try to do it. I don't always do it, but I try to every day before I get out of bed to pray. Not 30, 40, an hour, but to pray, Lord, before I get out of, before my feet hit the ground, I have to acknowledge the Lord that this is your day, Lord. This is your day. In the 1980s, some of you who who remember, I'm not asking the ages, but in the 1980s, remember the song, We Are the World, because of the famine that hit Africa. Then there was, in the UK, there was mad cow disease. In the early 2000s, there was a scare of anthrax. People were getting letters in the mail. They were opening it up and immediately being exposed, and then, of course, 9-11, the the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and um, the other flight, I can't remember. Here, several decades later, the media has shown us one after another, after another, after another, one mass shooting, one mass shooting, one after another, to the point to where we've almost become numb to them. And then several years ago, COVID hits us. Now, there's that middle age group that, okay, you get the vaccine. But what about our elderly and those with underlying health conditions? And then it's our children, our babies. What, what age group is safe to receive the vaccine? And then they finally get it down to, okay, now our babies or our youth can get the vaccine. But here in recent weeks, our most Vulnerable of all, our babies, our babies fresh out of the womb can't even get formula. We can't even feed our babies. Our most precious of all creatures on the earth. This is truly a sign of the times that we live in. It's a sign of the times we live in. And you may say, well, I didn't live in Ethiopia. I wasn't affected by mad cow disease. I wasn't in New York or at the Pentagon, so on and so forth. But, and maybe you don't have a child. Maybe you didn't get COVID. But it tells us if we read the word of God, it's showing us That we need to be in touch with what the Holy Spirit is revealing to God's people. That maybe it's not affecting you, but it's affecting someone you know. And if it's not someone you know, it's someone on this earth that we need to be interceding for. Because the Bible tells us that as Jesus is making, he's sitting at the right hand of the father, making intercession for the saints. We need to be interceding for the world. This is not about a crusade for a cause. Because once the cause is over with, we go back to how we were. Immediately after 9-11, was standing room only in churches all across the country. But once the fear was over with, people went right back home and went back to their ways. No, Paul said, redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time because the days are evil. If we're not connected with the Holy Spirit, then we're just as lost as the rest of the world. Even without these events. The Holy Spirit, if nothing, if nothing else is going on, the Holy Spirit, and, and we plan out. I've got, a, I've got a calendar on my phone, and I try to map out things. Okay, I've got this appointment. I've got this thing I need to do. I need to call this person, call this company. But even at that, the Holy Spirit wants an intimate. An intimate isn't necessarily physical. You know, Pastor Wendy and I on date night, we're sitting there eating, and she's like, "Okay, tell me something about yourself." And I'm like, "Yeah, you just ruined the meal." <laughs> no, just joking. But intimate means sharing, talking, discussing, discovering. The Holy Spirit wants an intimate, committed, verbal, consistent. Remember Jesus said daily? He wants a relationship. But you cannot have a healthy relationship without communication. And the best communication is what? Texting? Emails? When's the last time you sat down and wrote somebody a letter? Huh? Anybody Anybody even own a pencil? <laughs> a notebook? No. Yes. But the best communication. It's face to face. Why? Because you can read a person's body language. They say when a person won't look at you face to face, it's a possibility. Not always. It's a possibility they're lying to you. Not always. Okay. But the best form of communication is face to face. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want you texting him. He doesn't want you thinking about him. He wants you to open your mouth and talk to him. The Holy Spirit wants a relationship that reflects a marriage. For those of you that are married, how do you speak about your spouse to other people? If you even speak about your spouse at all. Do you even wear your wedding band? I can think of three people that I know that are married and have never, to my knowledge, never cheated on their spouse, but they never wore their wedding rings. They never wore their wedding bands. But the Holy Spirit wants you to have a relationship with them that looks just like a marriage. So how does that look like? Well, you know, um, the other day, me and my wife, we went and we did such and such. Oh, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day, and we talked about this. Yeah, people will know that my wife, even if I leave my wedding band at home, because when I get home, I take this thing off. It's rubberized because I work outdoors. I do physical work, and it it gets hot, and it gets sticky. So when I get home, I take it off. But when I go out in public, I mention my wife. But likewise, when we go out in the marketplace, we should be saying, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, my church does such and such. Or, hey, how you doing? Yeah, well, God bless you. Yeah, you know, man. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be praying for you. Our lives should show that we are married to God. And we have a relationship and we're married to the Holy Spirit. There has to be a relationship, one that reflects a marriage. So my first point is this. Jesus said, I am going, I'm going away, but I'm going to send a comforter who is a teacher. And he will teach you, some translations say he will teach you all things. Some say he will teach you everything. What is it you want to learn how to do? At one point in my life, I wanted to actually go to college to be a chef to learn the culinary arts he will teach you how to cook he will teach you how to play an instrument he will teach you how to rebuild a transmission whatever you want to learn how to do in life granted if you've never played an instrument before and you're 75 years old it's going to take you a little bit longer but if you want to learn how to do anything the holy spirit will teach you does that make sense So, number one, he is a teacher. So, if you want to know, Lord, I'm having trouble, you know, it's like at the end of my day, I feel like I haven't accomplished things. Lord, show me how to plan my day. All right, let's sit down and I'll show you how to plan your day, including how to tell people what? No, I can't do it. The Holy Spirit will teach you, like I've had to learn, you know, Lord, (laughs) I... Last time I talked to this person, I I had some conflicts with them. Lord, when we have this conversation, please help it be a peaceful conversation. Help me to bridle my tongue. Right now, they're talking about gun control. Lord, help me with tongue control. Lord, how come those shoes have dust on them? Because remember the last time you wore them, they hurt your feet? <laughs> you know, it's the simple things in life that... The Lord's saying, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about <laughs> those bunions on your feet. And we think, we think that God is not concerned about them. You know, it's like Pastor Wendy and I have this ritual about going downstairs at, at 9, 10 o'clock at night and getting snacks. And, and the Lord's like, it's too late to, for you to be eaten. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you i mean honestly everything about us from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet the things seen and unseen the lord is concerned about you he is a teacher psalms or excuse me proverbs uh chapter three verse five and six and we've heard this before trust in the lord god knows more about everything than we know about anything Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Lord, uh, what's the best way to go? Coming out of my driveway this morning, there's two ways to get out of our subdivision. And I'm just, I'm old school. I'm old school. I always like to let my truck warm up a little bit before I get out. And the Lord said, okay, take this way out. I'm like, Lord, but I know that's the shortest way to get out. But I like to let my truck warm a little bit. And if I go out that way, that means I got to watch traffic go both ways. And then I got to usually kind of gun it to get out. And Lord said, but go that way. And I'm like, no, Lord, I'm going to go out my normal way that way. All I got to do is watch traffic go this way. And then I just got to make a right turn and I can go about my business. So I go out my normal way and guess what? There's a bunch of geese sitting right there in the middle of the road. A bunch of geese. And I pull up and I blow the horn. And they're like, what you blowing the horn at them for? Huh? We was here first. And so what did it cost me? Maybe 30 seconds. But it aggravated me. It aggravated me. And the Lord's like, see, you had so much peace. You had so much peace going throughout your morning. But you decided to make a decision on your own. What does the word say? In all your ways, acknowledge me. All you had to say was, Lord, which way should I go? I told you which way to go. In fact, you didn't even have to ask me. I told you which way to go, but you went your own way, so go ahead. And I had to sit there and make my way around the geese. God is concerned about you. He's concerned about me. The simplest little things. Ephesians 1 and 17 says this, that the Lord God That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Before you study the word of God, just don't plop it open. Pray and say, Lord, before, before I read these scriptures, I know I've read this scripture and this book so many times. Lord, before I read this, I want you to reveal this word to me so that I will walk away with an understanding. And I may not even understand it right now, but Holy Spirit embedded into my spirit. So, number one, he's a teacher. Whatever you want to know, he is a teacher. Point number two. A direct line of prayer warfare is a direct line of prayer warfare. Warfare. One of the most important things that we can ever do is pray. We pray on Mondays. We pray on Wednesdays. We pray on Saturdays. We pray every single day of the week. Prayer is one of the most powerful things that a believer can do. And I've, I've heard about people's like, it's like they pray for people, um, a powerful testimony about a woman whose husband died um, in a car accident. And this guy ended up calling this woman and is like, can I speak to your husband? It's like, I'm sorry to tell you, my husband died like two months ago. And she was so distraught. And it's like, ma'am, can I tell you something? And so she had been praying for her husband for like 20 years. And long story short, the guy said, well, can I tell you something? Right before I happened to talk to your husband, I was at the, at the, at the scene, it, he was led to talk to her. But before your husband died, he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Because she had been praying for all of those years. But let's look at a prayer that someone may choose to pray. And I call this, y'all have heard of the sinner's prayer. Someone comes to Jesus. Let's call this the beginner's prayer. Lord, I come, Lord, with all my children. Some of y'all may recognize this prayer. Who are very young and restless. I know that I'm not old, but I have some gray anatomy. You have kept me from many dangers through law and order. I know that I'm a survivor living in the neighborhood. Next slide. Still Lord, while I'm grateful that I'm not on the streets naked and afraid, I need patience with my family so there's not another smackdown I don't want to end up in hell's kitchen I'm just waiting on the day when we will all rise <laughs> now if you that's that's it thank you y'all recognize that that prayer okay pastor Wendy you know or well, anyway I'll tell you about it later if you've only been sl- if 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 You've only been saved a week or maybe a few days. God might honor that prayer. But if you want to plead your case before the court, then you have to present documentation. You need to present regulation. You need to take the law to the law to win your case. And God is not moved by emotions. He's not moved by your feelings. What moves God is God's word. Lord, you said in your word by his stripes, I was healed. Isaiah says I am healed, but you said I was healed. Lord, I know I'm feeling some pain and some discomfort, but I was healed. Lord, you said in your word, in you I live and move and have my being. Lord, you said that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, you said in your word, you would do exceedingly one, abundantly two, above three, above all that I could ever ask or think according to the power where that lies within me. Lord, this ain't my words. These are your words. And you said your word would not return to you void. So, Lord, I'm only reminding you. You said to put you in remembrance of your word. That's what moves God. And he says that he inhabits his praise. He inhabits my praises. So put God in remembrance of his word. Things don't change on their own if we don't speak. If if we don't or should I say if we don't do something about them. Things only get worse. If you don't cut your grass, it is not going to cut itself. You can pay somebody, true, but grass does not cut itself. Leaves don't rake themselves. Dishes don't wash themselves. I got to amen. <laughs> Sounds like a mother with some kids. (laughs) Beds don't make themselves. The difference between... uh, Ooh, there's going to be some conversations going on. The major difference between us and God is that we, as human beings, if we want to see something happen, we've got to get our computer, an editor, autocorrect, research team, data, a lawyer, a notary public... To make something happen. God simply says, boom, He speaks it and it happens. God speaks it and it's happened. We've got to learn to speak it and make it happen. We've got to speak it and make it happen. Put God's word to work. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean we don't have to do things. Like they say we they took oh, they took prayer out of school. When I took the little bit of college that I did, before I took a test, I started praying. I prayed over every test and even now if I have to take a test on my job every now and then every like once a month they send me a little test on my on my um on my phone and before I take that test I pray over it We've got to learn to speak Give me Lord give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation I take a biblical principle and I apply it to my natural life Ephesians 6 And 17, when we talk about putting on the whole armor of God, again, I'm coming from the New King James Version. If you don't have your, if you don't have your Bible with you, again, pull out your phone, take a picture. It says, take the helmet of salvation, the hope, salvation, the hope of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. What's the sword? It's the Word of God, the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. What's the difference between prayer and supplication? A prayer is, is, and this is a simple term. We can go deep into it. But a prayer is, Father, I know that my sister is going on a trip. I pray that according to Psalms 91 and 11, that the angel of God be camped round about her and that she have a safe trip. That's a prayer. Supplication is, Lord, I know that my brother is going back to work after he's had surgery. Lord, I know that his job requires great physicality um, and great bending. Lord, I pray that there be favor upon his life. Lord, that I know that it's by his stripes that he is healed. Lord, I pray that his bosses take it easy on him. Lord, that I pray that as he continues that, you know, and you just get intense into it, even to the point that there is physical Uh, posture, even to getting down on your knees. So prayer is is more or less a petition of generalities. Supplications is really getting in, going in deep. And that's just kind of like on the surface. So if I can have that scripture back up there. So it's praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all purpose perseverance, and supplication for who? All the saints. And then Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit, capital S meaning Holy Spirit, also helps us in our weakness. Because what? We don't always know what to pray for. And I'm, I'm just keeping it real. Men and women, abusive relationships. He says something, she slaps him. He comes home drunk. I mean, honestly, and there's there's physical abuse, there's emotional abuse, and you know they ain't got no business being together. But you talk to one, she slaps him. It's like, or he slaps her. It's like you need to go down and press charges. Yeah, but he don't mean it. All it's like, so you need to pray about it. But you don't know what to pray. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us to pray. Back back to the scripture, please. Thank you so much for the uh uh, so, uh for the uh, audio mint. Um, Anyway, the audio visual. Thank you. Okay. Likewise, the Spirit helps us, for we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. Next. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He, being Christ. Knows what the spirit of the mind is because he makes intercession for us according, um, the saints, according to what the will of God is. Now, as I said before, in Hebrews chapter 7, he being Jesus is on the right hand of the father making intercession for the saints. So Jesus is talking to the Holy Spirit saying, hey, what does he need? Oh, he's praying for his sister because his sister. In fact, I was on a prayer line this morning about this guy whose sister works on the, at a company and this guy I'm not sure the whole story but there's some problems on the company and it's just a big mess it's just a big mess about some sexual assaults and it's like so what do we need to do about this and and Jesus is saying oh, well what's the prayer petition well the holy spirit is like well this is what needs to be prayed but but how do we pray and this is where there's been a big struggle in the church, or I'll say, a struggle in the church when you talk about praying in the spirit, and the devil fights when you talk about praying in the spirit. It's like, what? What do you mean praying in the spirit? I'm talking about praying in tongues because when you when you drive down the street. And you're saying, oh, Lord, I thank you that you're just going to bless everybody on my job. Lord, I thank you for people getting promotions. I thank you for safety. I thank you for this and all that. And then all of a sudden the light turns red and you got to stop on brakes. It's like, man, what happened? Oh, I'm glad that. And you're distracted. And you stop praying in your natural language, Spanish, English, Portuguese, whatever. But when you pray in your spiritual tongue, you don't get distracted. Y'all follow me. And the reason why the, I'll say the church even fights it so much, the enemy fights it so much is because he don't understand what you're saying. He fights it so much because he's like, stop speaking in tongues because I can't understand it. Because if I know what you're saying, like you walk up on the conversation, you're like, hey, what are y'all talking about? I know I've done that before. Hey, what are y'all talking about? Hey, what's, hey I want to hear the joke too. I want to hear the joke too. I want to hear the joke too. And the devil wants to hear what you're praying so he can interrupt it. And when the devil can't understand what you're praying in the spirit, he gets mad. So he's told the church, it's of the devil. It's of the devil. Don't pray in tongues. And so he's telling the people in the pews, oh, that's not of God. That's of the devil. He's telling pastors, we don't pray in the tongues anymore. We don't pray in the spirit because it's of the devil. And the devil's like, yeah, it's of me. That's why we fight it. But it's our secret weapon. Y'all ever heard of Code Talkers? How many of you, anybody never heard of Code Talkers? Back in World War II, the only language that the Europeans could not understand was Native Americans. They understood Spanish. They understood every other language. But the only language they didn't understand, they got Native Americans to talk in their native language over the radios, and no one knew what they were saying. So they could say, hey, have all the troops just walk down the middle of the street and do this and do that, and no one knew what they were saying. So when we pray in the Spirit, the Spirit knows exactly what you're saying, and we don't even understand it, but God's like, oh, You just want healing? Oh, you want this relationship to do this? Pray in the spirit. All right. Pulse check. And finally, this. Oh, and and let me make this last point. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing to accept. There's a thing called a prayer of consecration and dedication. When Jesus was in the garden he said Father if it be thy will let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless not my will but let your will be done. That's called the prayer of dedication and consecration. In other words you're saying Lord I leave it up to you. But all too often people will say Lord I want to be healed. My 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 foot hurts so bad and I claim in the name of Jesus that you're going to heal my foot. But Lord, if you don't heal my foot, I'm OK. Not my will, but let your will be done. That's not it's God's will that your foot be healed. That's God's will. But there are certain times when we have to say, yes, Lord, Lord, I, I want like when Pastor Winnie and I were in the market for a house. It was hard. Because we were putting in bids on houses. We were overbidding for houses. But we had to say, Lord, you open every door that you want open and you close every door we, that you want closed. It was hard because it's like, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? It was hard. And honestly, I don't have all the answers. But there comes a time, even again on that prayer call this morning, this, this guy was praying and he said that his father was ill. And he's saying, I see my father's health declining. And, and it's like his father's giving up. And sometimes we have to pray, even for ourselves, that when a person gets to, to a certain point in their lives, in their health, they may only be in their 40s, that we have to let them go. And it's like we're praying, Lord, keep them, Lord, keep them, restore them, restore them, restore them. And we have to let them go. Am I making sense? Y'all, y'all understand it? it's it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry it's part of our warfare. It's part of understanding how we flow. And, and, you know, God's not going to bash us over the head and say, you prayed the wrong prayer. You prayed the wrong prayer. But we have to understand that when when people get to a certain place, you know, and, and you can't pray against a person's will. If a person is committed to be in a certain place and they want to stay there, all you can do, and that's why we pray in the Spirit, because the Spirit knows how to intercede and interject in a certain situation. If they want to stay in that job, working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, I mean, you can't do anything about that. You have to just pray in the Spirit and let God work it out. You can can talk, you can talk, you can talk, you can talk, and just, just pray. But again, when it comes to a like a like I said, a person maybe maybe just like Pastor Wendy said, a person may be in, in, in a home and and anyway, we, we have to know when the spirit is saying yes and when the spirit is saying no to us. all right? And then my last point is this: the spirit will lead us, I probably spe- spelled, spelled it wrong, being led. Through evil, but not to evil. Being led through evil, but not to evil. I'm going to give you four scriptures to get you to understand what I'm saying. The first one. Very, very familiar. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking through the valley. I ain't building my house. I'm not going to play cards or get some ribs. All right. I know you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. The key is I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a shadow of death. But you're with me the whole time. All right. But Matthew chapter four, verse one, the Bible says, and this was after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And that's uh, and then the the Bible tells us that the spirit descended upon Jesus. And then it says. um, um, Help me out here. And uh, and the and the spirit of God came and descended upon him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Bible tells us that's at the end of chapter three in Matthew. And then it says in chapter four, verse one, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil wow really god you're doing this to me you're actually going to lead me into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil why would the spirit of god lead jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil has anybody ever felt that god led them let's be honest has anybody ever felt that God led them into t- temptation? Into temptation? Anybody? Be honest. Hmm. A death sentence. Okay. Okay. If nobody. Okay. Fair. James chapter one, verse thirteen. Let no one say that when I am tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God doesn't tempt anyone. But why was Jesus led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? He led his son by the Spirit. But why did he do that? The last battle had to be fought. Hebrews chapter 14. He didn't tempt anyone. He was really taking care of business. So that he could say, For we do not, <laughs> for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted like we were yet without sin. Jesus was led into the wilderness. So that he could confront the devil face to face in the flesh and kick him in his teeth. And saying, what do you got? And the devil tempted him three times. He's like, here I am, not in the spirit realm. He's like, I'm flesh and blood. What do you got? He said, throw yourself off the mountain. He's like, it is written. He gave him the word. He gave him the word. I'm not going to fight you in in heaven. I'm going to fight you as a man. He was fully God. He was fully man. He was fully God and he was fully man. He wasn't tempting man. He was tempting God. So the Bible is not contradicting itself. So none of us can say that we are tempted by God. Y'all follow me? So we don't have a high priest who's like, well, 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 well. Well, Jesus wasn't, wasn't, wasn't tempted like I was tempted. But yes, he was. He was tempted in a way different from you. Because guess what? My trials aren't your trials. But I have trials of my own. Because you can put, you can, you can put a whole room full of beer over there. And guess what? I have no desire to drink beer. My temptations are not your temptation. You can can put a a truckload of cigarettes out there. I have no desire. My desires are not your desires. We are all different, but whatever Jesus temptation, because you know what? The number one thing that Satan wanted from Jesus was he wanted Jesus to bow down and worship him. That's why he took him to that high pinnacle. He said, all of this I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. I will give this all back to you because it was lost in the garden under Adam. That's what he wanted. But God will lead us through evil. He will lead us through every form of evil that you come across. But you know why we don't get through so many things? It's because we fail to use the word. We fail to apply the word. Well, I I don't don't know what the word says. Well, let's try this. And and, and, and I'm I'm being, I'm telling you about Robert. The word says, number one, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Number one, stop trying to fight the devil. Stop trying to fight the devil. Because we can't win. You know the old thing? Well, what if a dog comes running after us right now? Well, I ain't got to be the fastest one. I just got to be faster than you. (laughs) You know, the devil, he ain't all my strong. He's stronger than me. I'm just telling you. He's stronger than me. So I can't be, I can't defeat the devil. So all I have to do is submit to God. And the Bible says if you submit to God. Well, no, the Bible says when you submit to God, then you can resist the devil and he has to flee. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Zechariah and Jude both say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Whatever our weaknesses, whatever they are, as Pastor Wendy, Wendy often says, Google whatever your weakness are, whatever they are, Google and find the scriptures. So when we find ourselves get weak, if nothing else, say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. You know something else that works? There was a pastor, a famous pastor, who smoked all the time. And when he got tired of it, he started, when people offered him a cigarette, he smoked. That was his weakness. He used to say, when people came up to him, he said, and that was his confession. He said, I'm not a smoker. And that's how he stopped smoking. He said, I am not a smoker. So, again, I say to you today, I hope you all got something out of this. The Holy Spirit wants an intimate, daily relationship. Jesus said that we have to take up our cross daily. Jesus ain't here. Jesus is not here. We have the Holy Spirit with us. And he wants a committed relationship, a verbal relationship with us every day. And he'll take us through every trial, every temptation, because they're going to come, they are going to come. They are going to come, and write First Corinthians uh, twelve, thirteen, I believe it is. Or oh, excuse me, First uh, Corinthians ten and twelve says, um, "If any man thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall." Right when we think, "Oh yeah, I'm the king of the hill. I'm the king of the hill." Because the next verse says, For there is no temptation such as common to man, that with the temptation God will not make a way of escape, that when the temptation comes, he will, not make, he will make a way for you to bear it. God will make a way, but we have got to have a daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. So having said that, we thank you for those of you that are able to watch this program, and again, this, this service. If you don't know the Holy Spirit by way of Jesus Christ, who came from the Father, and you need that relationship, and trust me, if you don't know him, you need to know him because there's so much evil in the world today. Regardless of what the media says, regardless of what your friends say, regardless of what anyone tries to portray, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. There are so many things going on in this world. The signs of the time that there is so much division. But it's time that you unite yourself with Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday or 5 years ago or 10 years ago. The blood of Jesus forgives us for all of our sins and he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness and he chooses to forgive to forgive you and forget them, never to remember them again. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer with me and just repeat right after me. Just bow your head and close your eyes. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you now to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. I thank you that you died on the cross and forgave me of my sins. Accept me as your child and bringing me into your kingdom. I am forever your child. In Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with you. The Bible says that all of heaven is rejoicing. All of heaven, all, not just one or two angels that are assigned to you. The Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing because of one sinner that came to Christ. So we thank you. And if you did that, again, connect with us. And if you're not in the local area, find a church that you can connect with. And whether you attend in person or attend virtually, get connected. Get connected with them. And we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you all so much for being with us on today. We thank God for you. Um, We love you. Um, Before I forget, um, if you all didn't get the announcement, um, uh, what's it? What's the name? Transformation Church. Yeah, Transformation Church is having a cookout um right after their service. Um, you know they're right behind us. Um, it's open to everybody. You don't have to bring anything. Pastor Wendy um did make some something a dish, but you don't have to bring anything. Just bring your appetite, bring yourself. Um, but it's open to everyone. Um we um, we love you all. We love you. We love you. We love you. We're just so glad that you bring yourselves. Um, Pastor Wendy, anything?